you're listening to episode 69, nice, of Desi Geek Girls. I'm Swapna Krishna. And I'm Preeti Chipper. And we are recording on Monday, March 21st. Okay, to be fair, I put the nice was, it's like in the script. Like, it, it wasn't a surprise that I was going to say no, that. No, it wasn't a surprise, but I think it's the combination of our antics pre-recording. Yes, and, and I, I, made a, I made a confession to Preeti about Spider-Man No Way Home, in which she is going to want to reach through the computer and throttle me. But we'll get to that. That's going to be the main focus. Literally two seconds before yeah. Swapna hit the record button. It she was. was like, here's a bomb trap for you. <laughs> Here it is. Yep, it's true. Um, And we'll get to that. That's probably going to be the first thing we talk about because Preeti is going to want to talk about it. We are. (laughs) Um, But first, we want to talk a little bit about a new trailer that dropped. Okay. I So the Ms. Marvel trailer dropped. And you know us. You know our podcast. You know how deeply, deeply we love Kamala Khan. Like, uh, I have cried every single time I watch this trailer. Yeah. Yeah, it is like... I feel like Ms. Mar- like if if Star Wars is the first thing that like cemented our friendship, like Kamala Khan is the second thing. Like yes. we bonded over this Marvel character. Yeah. And um it is so very cool to see her on screen. I cannot there's that joke, you know, like this is my Joker, but like this is my Joker. Yeah. <laughs> like this is actually though, like there's I know so the controversy, of course, around this is mm-hmm. that people are upset that they've changed. The powers, it seems like, from mm-hmm. the comics to the thing, which I understand. I'm okay with it. I don't know how you feel about it. I'm fine with it. I like. I understand people's argument, but I also I feel very strongly that M- Marvel gets its characters and they yes. understand why their characters click with audiences, yes. and they're not going to betray the fundamental stuff about. I, I understand why they changed the pair powers in humans i think don't exist in the mcu do they, they you know they did that they, they made some mistakes with the Inhumans show and i think they got burned pretty bad yeah and so and that was before they got the x-men back too so before they got the x-men back um yeah, yeah. that was like in 2015 it was a long time ago um but dead wigs and because like then they've said the whole like agents of shield isn't canon which is like right. the whole, they dealt with the inhumans so i think i think they changed her powers um just basically for narrative and let's I do understand what people say that um they are very fundamental to her and like the realization that in the comics the realization that she can change herself into like a blonde haired like white girl is not gonna make her happier is a huge moment and I think they're still gonna do it right yeah I think they'll do it in a different way yeah they have that's the thing with Marvel the key is that it's the person who's important more so than the superhero pers- like uh, persona. Yeah. Like it's about the person under the mask. It's always been about the person under the mask and how they adapt and act as when they are superheroes and how yes. being a superhero impacts them as a person. And I think they can do all that. The other side of the powers thing is like Kamala's powers in the comics are complicated. Yes. Like they are super, super complicated and it's, I think the show is six episodes, I want to say. It's either six to eight. It's no more than eight. Um, and it's it's for kids. Like, it is clearly, like, it's it's a YA show. It is for kids. There is a level of speed through which they have to get through for this origin story. Like, it's not Peter Parker. It's not yeah. something where you're like, he has the, the – he can stick to walls. He's super strong. He has a healing factor, and he makes web shooters. Colors are, like, her, like – 
atoms like can travel through time and dimensions or something. And that's how she it's it's very confusing in terms yeah. of having like And you've like, written her before, which I've is part of why her. you know her powers so well. <laughs> yes. And even writing her, I had to be conscientious of how in depth I was getting. Cause if I got too in depth, it was like I wrote I wrote her for a very young audience, which is like eight, like uh second grade basically, second to fourth grade. And it was like you had to be very conscientious about how adept you're going with the powers because it is confusing. And yeah. it gets you get mired in the detail of the power instead of participating in the story. Yeah. Um, and also, I think um, outside of comics, like a lot of Mar- Miss Marvel is definitely part of popular culture at this yes. point. But if you a lot a lot of people who know who the character is have not don't really know who the character is, if that makes yes. sense. They know she's a Muslim American, you know teenager from new jersey and that's what they know they don't know her powers the way like you use peter parkin example everybody knows spider-man's powers right even if you don't know like specifically you know he got bit by a radioactive spider and that he can you know he has web shooters he can swim through the city like people don't know have that like just like secondhand knowledge knowledge. yeah cumulus powers agreed um so the trailer is yes is i love the tone of it i love the like very like I mean, it's it's the Breakfast Club, right? It's it's yeah. like it's pulling from, and we're we're gonna talk about this, but it's pulling from what I loved so much about Spider-Man: Homecoming yes. in terms of like recognizing who the audience is, who this character is, and what is appropriate, what is an appropriate tone. Which is like Kamala Khan's whole thing is like she is, you know, we we said her, we said it was different than Peter Parker earlier but she is very much a Peter Parker for the new generation. Yes. She's like coming of age, she's a teenager dealing with all this like stuff at the same time while trying to be a hero. Identity issues on top of all of that is on top of what Peter went through, she's also like child of immigrants, trying to see where she fits in in that respect, like a Muslim American, a Pakistani American, all these things. And I'm just like in love with how they managed to pull all of that into a trailer and still yes. make it look so fun and exciting yes I totally agree I have like I watching this trailer is like joy for me like it is really joyful it is really um it is really profound and I think Mm -hmm. um this is here's the bombshell that I dropped on Preeti right before this um (laughs) I don't love teenager stories on screen I don't love watching them I am absolutely glad they exist I'm glad they exist in the MCU uh, because they need to because there needs to be content for that audience but it is not it is not my thing um but I think this show will be despite that because of the cultural aspects and because mm-hmm. of Kamala like I think it will um so we we were looking at imdb just to double check we knew everyone involved and like of course the the head writer and showrunner is bisha k ali which is awesome um the lead actress is imam vilani and she looks adorable and like so fantastic but i was scrolling through and i had a minor conniption and i literally fell out of my chair yes because one of my favorite bollywood actors of all time and a uh, uh, Pakistani cinema actor and television actor, Fawad Khan, is going to be in an episode. I'm yes. In my mind. <gasps> I am super excited about that. What? Yeah. Like, I, he, mm, if you haven't seen, um, there's uh, Kapoor and Sons. He is excellent in it. He's so good. Uh, there's actually also a Pakistani serial that is on Netflix that he's in that is really good. And I'm just looking it up because I... 
did not remember the name and I meant to write it down before we started and then I didn't. He's also in Adil Himushkil, right? Adil Himushkil. Yeah. He's in uh, as a hmm, primo, like A plus, A plus work. Uh, he is in a Pakistani cinema called Zindagi Gozarhe and it's, it was on Netflix. I watch it all on Netflix. Uh, it's real good. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend it. But he's going to be in a in an episode of Miss Marvel. Yay! Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the the trailer looks really good. I I'm I'm just I'm really eager to see actually what they do with her powers. Um, yeah, me given too. what they showed in the trailer, because they look not, cool. They look cool. They look very cool, and so. They're going to look cool. You know what it is? They're going to look cool next to um, Monica and uh, Carol's powers in the Mm -hmm. Marvels. Mm -hmm. I think the three of them, the visualization of their powers are going to look really cool together. Yeah. I I agree. I agree with that. Yeah. Yep. So this drops June 8th. I had a question for you. Mm -hmm. Obi-Wan starts May 25th. That sounds about right. Are these running concurrently? I think so. Cool. So you're gonna get a lot of Daisy Geek Girls. Yeah, I think so because I think I think Ms. Marvel stops. Uh, Ms. Marvel will start when Moon Knight finishes. Oh, because like Moon Knight start like May twenty. 20- no, Moon Knight is this month. Yeah, but it, it'll go through oh, it May, ends. right? Yeah, oh, and that's I what I meant. Sorry, I don't know if I was clear, but like I think I think they'll. I think Moon Knight will lead directly into Miss Marvel. Not in terms of story, obviously. Very different audiences there. <laughs> and then but, like, surprise guest, Oscar Isaac. Yeah. Uh, but uh, just in terms of like Marvel and, which means like, it, and that's an interesting decision because we've mm-hmm. talked about how um, generally they have one or the other on, which yeah. means I think they might have more content in the fall, like more content coming up. Yeah. Or, a or B, they want something to lead into. I don't know when Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness May. comes in, but I'm wondering if they want if something will like tie into that movie, oh and that's God, why they want so to. Complicated, I but know. Y- y- maybe that because mm, we don't know how she, because there's no Terrigen Mist and there's no Inhumans, we don't know how she's getting her powers. Mm-hmm. Like Monica had to go through the barrier in WandaVision to get hers, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, Carol had to basically die and then yep. get, get picked up by the Kree. So come on, we don't know no what, idea. Yeah, we don't know what her origin story will be. And like, so I'm wondering if there's a reason they need to air it in May, basically. Maybe. Um, because otherwise, like airing both of them at the same time doesn't make sense. Because it seems we, bananas. Yeah, but we don't have a ton of like... Yeah, if Obi-Wan starts like May 25th, there's going to be significant overlap between the two. Yeah, at least Obi-Wan, like two think, to four episodes. Right? If Obi-Wan six... is like six or eight episodes also. Yeah. Okay, that's going to be a fun couple of weeks for us. Yeah. Whew. <laughs> Whew. Um, and speaking of, we'll pick up Star Trek Picard probably after this week or next week. I haven't watched. I have the screeners for four through six, and I'm going to be um, – I'll be watching them this week, and then I will – I will uh, update Preeti on when we should record next, but I still love our discussion of those first two episodes. Yeah. It was a good conversation. Yeah. It and is. I expect it was. our continual conversations will also be excellent. Yeah. Just I saying. Think so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're pretty great. 
Um, all right. Spider-Man. So yeah. Okay. So about the bombshell. So what, one thing I told, I, I had mentioned to Preeti like right before I pressed record is that I don't love these movies. I don't dislike them by any stretch of the imagination, but they are not. The Spider-Man movies are just not my favorite Marvel movies. And pretty sorry, that's Thor the Dark World. I know. That is Thor the Dark World. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> nothing can um, supplant that in my heart. But it's just, I am not a person who loves like high school set movies uh part of it is probably because i don't like and even in like in i have trouble with like contemporary ya probably because high school was not my favorite time mm-hmm. um I, I was you know i was very awkward and you know it's not but anyways for whatever reason that doesn't mean i don't like these movies and i'm upset they exist but like <laughs> just like they're i don't go into them expecting for them to be my favorite movies, but I think this might be one of my favorite MCU yes. movies. Like okay. this was, this blew like me, like, okay. So I text Preeti, I'm starting the movie. I text her like 15 minutes and about something we'll get to. And then I don't text her for like two and a half hours. And Seriously. she's like, where are you? Where did you go? Are you still watching the movie? And like, I was just so riveted <laughs> that I didn't even pick up my phone. And that tells you something. That tells you nothing, something. Nothing holds my attention these days. But this movie like, was okay. so mind-blowingly good. I feel more at ease because she didn't put that part at the yeah. top. She just said, I don't love the Spider-Man movies. Record. I didn't get this whole other yes. part. Yes. And I was like, yes. oh, no, we're going to fight on this podcast. No, this movie was like <laughs> one of the best MCU movies, hands down. Like not compare, not the best. It is the best Spider-Man movie, period, I think. Um, maybe oh. Into the Spider-Verse is like, but like. Um, but just I, I I agree with you, but I think actually it's the best Spider-Man, like one of the best. I I because I agree with you. Into the Spider Verse is top 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 top. Yeah, top. it's hard. Um, yeah, it's hard but. to beat Into the Spider Verse. But this to me was one of the best Spider-Man movies as a whole of a trilogy because the trilogy subverted Peter Parker's origin story. Like yes. they took a 60 year, it's we laugh about Batman. We laugh about this notion of like, every time you have to see the pearls fall in the alley or like Spider-Man's like every time, did you know uncle Ben died? And yeah. they managed to take a six year old origin story and make it feel authentic and fresh and new and exciting yeah. in a way that I truly did not anticipate. I agree. And like that being said, like this movie was a fantastic movie because the first two movies set it up. Right? Like it's not because like I'm like, oh, those movies were little, but, but like it is a long it would this this trilogy in a way other Marvel trilogies have not been. No. This movie was a long game. Like this long like, game, this right? this trilogy was masterfully plotted. Agreed. Like the arcs and stuff. Especially when you think about like my biggest criticisms for Homecoming and Far From Home were always let it be a Spider-Man movie. I genuinely was like, I don't understand. Like, for me, it was always, like, back-end stuff. Like, mm-hmm. they want to make sure there's this, like, continual connection to the MCU with Peter. Like, they don't, because of this deal with Sony, like, they want to make sure Spider-Man exists within the Marvel Cinematic Universe, meaning you have to have, like, Iron Man. You have to have these, like, happy, you know, happy has to, all these other pieces have to exist. And I was always like, let Spider-Man be Spider-Man. Yeah. And that's what they were building to in No Way Home was like, that's his, like, grief and loss is a fundamental piece yeah. of who Peter Parker is as a character. And yeah. he, we watched everything he had for three movies, and then we watched him lose it all. All of it. Like, it, 
we watched him work really hard to come to a place where he was comfortable with himself, comfortable with his powers, yes. comfortable with his life. Yes. And then like in just, you know, oh, God, he lost heart. all of it. And in some ways it was a, his own, do, like his own decisions led to that. Like, it's just heartbreaking. It's, it's constantly, choo- I mean, it's Peter, right? It's constantly choosing to do the hard thing. Mm-hmm. Because with great power comes great responsibility. Like that great responsibility is making sure the people around you are whole and safe. And that's what matters. And so those are the choices he makes, whether he knows them or not. Like he made those choices for like everyone in that moment. So yes. Oh boy. Okay. Okay. So let's start. Why don't you take us through it? Because you've seen it a couple of times now. And then um, take us through the plot because I'm going to mess it up. Sure. So, of course, we start, we pick up, I I have to say, like, the end of Far From Home ends with him and MJ swinging through the streets. They stop. the That amazing, like, surprise cameo. Um, J. Jonah Jameson pops up, and we get him, like, with this release of Mysterio's video being, like, Mm Spider-Man is Peter Mm -hmm. Parker. And then hands go on his head, and we spent three years being like, oh, God, what's he going to do? So it kicks off right, like literally right where we dropped Mm -hmm. off. People, the crowd is freaking out. They're starting to like come for MJ being like, are you Spider-Man's girlfriend? Blah, blah, blah. He like picks her up, rushes away. And it's just sheer. It's very funny. It's a great introduction, I think, because it's like he's freaking out. Ned's freaking out. MJ's freaking out. Like they get to, they like swing through the streets. Uh, It's a perfect setup to this movie that you don't, realize is going to go the way it goes because it feels very like spider-man like oh hijinks oh god like what are we gonna do he shows up to his apartment building may is breaking up with happy yep (laughs) like can anyone play a sad sack like john favreau can play oh my god oh my god it's good i feel like i've been watching him sad sagging since like 1997 or something yeah (laughs) Like, it's so good. But so May's breaking up with Happy. Peter and MJ show up. There's another funny moment where May's, like, she opens the door and Peter's, like, changing out of his suit so it looks like other things are going on. Yeah. They clearly don't know what has happened. Yeah. And so there's this very, like, a lot of physical comedy here, right? Like, Peter's trying to get the blinds down. Yeah. It's a great scene. And then, of course, like, the news comes on and it's like, (laughs) I love the moment where May is like, "Is, is that our apartment? Yeah. Is that is that our house? Yep. <laughs> and then he just like opens the window and is like <sighs> Yeah. He's so just awful. like, oh. Uh, it was a very good been... scene. Yeah. And you were yeah. right. You're right in that like it sets up this like physical comedy antics, hijinks, and it is a really nice setup to a movie that is not those things. It, it's funny, I was watching it with my stepdad who is not a connoisseur. Has seen the other movies, but like doesn't really remember it. And so he, but he got, he really enjoyed it. I did have Mm -hmm. to pause a couple times because when I was watching it at the drive-in, because I did not go into a theater, uh, at the drive-in, I remember being like, I love this movie, but this is a complex, complicated movie Mm -hmm. if you are not like super familiar. But like he, I had to like pause, like I said, and explain a few things a a few times, but he like thoroughly enjoyed the movie. I think, like, I think even if you didn't know that that Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire were old Spider-Mans, like, yeah. you, they, they explain it well. Like, oh, this yes. is a Spider-Man from a parallel universe. This is a Spider-Man. Okay. Look, like, 
let's go. Like you don't need that fundamental knowledge of the movies or the villains to really. Yeah. Like you miss like, out on some of the like emotional beats. Maybe, oh yes. Yes. But it's still just such an enjoyable film. The so, emotional like, beats and the humor. Yeah. Like I think humor. especially like the sad, like the sad, but also the happy. But okay. Let's, so let's. Um, um So. He is being, Peter's being accused of the murder of Mysterio, who Mm -hmm. Jameson is painting as a hero. Yeah. Um, And he, like, the FBI come in. And I love Marissa Tomei. I love her, the way she portrays May. She's always been very strong as May Parker and has created a very strong character as yes. me parker and i love the moment where she like opens the door and she's like do you have a warrant <laughs> like they come in anyway and they take they take peter away mm-hmm. they're like questioning him we find out i love when mj and may walk by and they're both ed- in tandem are like don't say anything without a lawyer mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like they use these like uh, FBI interrogations are like I can't remember if it's FBI or not but it's like some government agency mm-hmm. uh, these interrogations as character moments because we also see Ned yeah. being interrogated and we find out and, uh, and and Peter finds out that the person he'd been talking yes! to that he thought was Nick Fury was not Nick Fury that because is they such a good moment yeah because it's just a throwaway line like Nick yeah. Fury's been off world for a year and you can see like on his face like what he turns around and he's like what because he was like talk to Nick Fury he was there the whole time but we know of course that those were scrolls yeah poor Peter Parker yeah poor like Peter. everything that can go wrong has gone wrong um, but it is still painted as this like this is really messed up but there's no. Because, like, I, Peter's unmasking for me in terms of, like, I have a, an association with it from the comics, which it led to some dark stuff in the comics, mm-hmm. right? Like, immensely dark stuff. May gets shot. It's the Back in Black. It leads directly to the Back in Black series where he, like, goes, he basically goes to a prison and almost kills Kingpin through just beating him. And it's really intense. And it leads to, like, one more day where, like, all that stuff, which is, in clearly influence the script but the way the movie plays it is still pretty lighthearted in terms of like oh it's just a spider-man movie yeah right yeah um you never really feel like he's in danger when he's in the interrogation yes of it. yeah yeah yes um because we're we're about to come up on when you texted me yes, because this like is the first time i texted because like i okay so here's the thing i did not watch this in theater i did not you know i wasn't able to watch it at a it wasn't at a driving close to me or anything so this is my first time watching it despite the fact that i've had the spider man i had the spider-man hashtag muted for a while it's been unmuted i've i I was pretty comfortable with like it's gonna get spoiled for me and that's okay and i Mm -hmm. was shocked at how much did not get spoiled because while like the like the surface level stuff got spoiled like yes i knew charlie cox was in it i knew that the old spider-man came back but like the way they did it and how they did it did not get spoiled so this movie was still like i was shocked and delighted and like this when when matt Mur- i did not know he showed up in Ma- as matt murdoch and not daredevil yes he shows up so like they go through these interrogations we cut to like hit being at home like with his lawyer yes and so there's this great shot where it it focuses on the cane and like you just out. see the cane, yeah. And you just see the cane come into frame. It pulls out, and you see that Peter is talking to Matt Murdock. Mm-hmm. And you're like, literally, I think I like punched my sister in the arm. My, my husband and I just like, like we were just like, what? And then I paused <laughs> it, and we just like look at each other, and I just like pointed at the screen, and I'm like, what? 
what what he was like rewind it rewind it like like we were just like (laughs) it was so clever it was such a like wonderful moment like when you pair it with how kingpin showed up in the hawkeye series Mm -hmm. it was such like a wonderful moment um and so matt is matt matt is explaining to peter like i think you're gonna be fine like they don't actually have like every whatever circumstantial i don't know yeah either way he's like telling peter that he's gonna find happy he's like you probably need to get a really good lawyer yeah um but there's this wonderful moment where you're waiting because like you're like that's that's fucking matt murdoch yeah like is it is it is he daredevil like i mean you know he's daredevil but you're like is he daredevil in this like what what and then like he's got his sunglasses on and he's he's doing charlie cox so good he's still so good as daredevil and uh Brick flies through their window, which whoever threw that, by the way, they're on like the 17th floor or something. Like whoever did that was trying really hard. Um, and he just like catches it. Matt does. Such a good And such there's a good this moment. like great moment where Peter's like, how did you do that? Like it's a it's a great way to illustrate, yes, this is Matt Murdock. This is Daredevil. And of course, Matt's like, I'm a really good lawyer. <laughs> that, oh my God. It was so good. It made me so excited for whatever Disney's... Like, I was already excited for whatever Disney's going to do with him. But, like, I... He's so good. He's so good. And it was such, like... We do not speak of Daredevil Season 3 in this house. (laughs) Um, He was so criminally underused in that third season, in my opinion. And it's, like, just... Let us have this. Like, Mm -hmm. I... Like, bring Daredevil in in a real way. Yeah. I think we can do it. And I think we can do it in a way that is still charlie cox's version of the character yeah in the mcu yes i agree right i agree um so then all of this is going on and he Mm -hmm. matt basically tells peter he's like you're off from the legal side but this is gonna this is gonna be hard for you life-wise yes a heads up like this is going to there are a lot of people who hate you and think that you murdered mysterio and there are people who are on your side and that's what we get to see then over the course of the night looks montage um, this is your favorite. They go to school. Yep. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> really boring. Um, they go to school. He's with MJ. The the MJ stuff is very sweet. It's, it's very like, sweet. It's very cute. They clearly like care about each other so deeply. Um, it's like chaotic when they get to school. The they're Ned like, stuff is hilarious too. Oh where like God. he's part of this, like, and they're like, yeah. try, they're like about to make out. And then Ned's like, hey. Hey, hey guys, so glad we get to finally be alone. And they're like, yeah, but it's never, it's nice though, right? Because they never treat him like, he never really tr- is treated as a third. No, wheel. there's like, never like the eye roll or the, yeah. Ugh. Like, it's just like, all right, we're not doing this right now. Well, I guess we're not doing this now, right? And it is like, he is just as important to Peter as mm-hmm. MJ is, which is wonderful. And um, he's important to MJ too. I think that's yes, the big thing. Yes, like, they're they genuinely friends, friends mm-hmm. and they have their own dynamic and i think that was really important it's so nice um so they get to the school it's super chaotic that scene with uh hannibal burress jace moon and um oh my god who is the last oh and martin martin star when they when peter shows up and the the three of them like hannibal burress being like mysterio was right yep yep (laughs) and jason and martin star being like shut up man you're embarrassing yourself and then like martin star created that whole like thing for him i was like this is so good like i would have loved to see more of them but i understand mm-hmm. obviously it doesn't make sense for it in this movie it was still really funny though it was really funny <laughs> it was really funny um we this is where we find out that like 
he gets they he goes to the roof, meets up with MJ and Ned, and we find out that they want to go to a college together. Mm-hmm. They want to go to MIT together. They want to do their backup schools together so they can all still be together. Yeah. After all of this, and Peter's like. There's crime in Boston, right? Like, I can fight crime in Boston. And I was like, you're so cute. Yep. (laughs) What the hell? (laughs) And then there's this very, like, classic CW style, like, waiting for the college letter montage. Which, I don't know if you did this, but I was, like, in the theater. I was like, you need the big envelope. The big (laughs) envelope. That envelope's small. Like, come on, guys. That envelope's small. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, the big envelope means you got it. The small envelope means you were rejected. We yes. know this. No, I don't. I don't know. Does that does that apply anymore? I don't know. Like I don't, I don't know, know. But like in our day, that back in the day, <laughs> in like the olden days, twenty years ago. Oh my god, don't say that. That's true, isn't it? Oh my god. Oh god. But um, the big envelope. But yes. Uh, but so basically, um, they all find out they were rejected. They get they all get rejected from our, their, all their schools. They meet up for the MIT one at Peter Pan Donuts where MJ yep. works, which I was like cute. Uh, and they're opening them, and we find out they were rejected, not necessarily based on merit, but because of quote recent controversy. Yeah, which Peter's like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. You guys didn't even do anything. You just helped. Yeah, yeah. Like, and then I did like this a lot too, where he's like, like he sees there are like Halloween decorations. I laughed out loud. Right. Yeah. There's like the the passage. I actually the second time watching it, it struck me how well they handled the passage of time and how mm-hmm. subtly they handled it, which I really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, but he sees it's October now, and he sees these decorations of like a wizard, mm-hmm. <laughs> wizard bulbs hanging, and he's like, oh, Doctor Strange. Yep. No, I think it's like it's like more like January because or something. It's like it's like later oh, it's because after, they're, it's after. they're bugging. He's the boss is bugging everybody like, to take, take them down. down the it's Halloween. like it's like winter, but they do look like Doctor Strange. They straight up look like Doctor Strange. Yeah. Um. So he goes to Bleecker Street to the to the Sanctum Santorum, mm-hmm. um, and shows up and it's like a disaster inside. Yeah. It's like snowing and Wong shows up through a portal. And it's like Wong is now the Sorcerer Supreme, which of was course, interesting. Yeah, which I love. Yeah, I'm, I'm very glad about that because Strange got blipped for five years, yep. like everybody else. I um, also thought it was really <laughs> interesting that he looked like Doctor Strange more than he ever has before. And I agree. It's clearly setting up Multiverse of Madness, but just like the gray in his hair, the hairstyle, like he doesn't look like like the 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 even from Avengers Endgame. Yes. They've modified the look to go into the movie, the Mm -hmm. second movie, I think. And he feels very lived in in a way that he, like, he felt like a real person in this, Mm -hmm. in a way that he hasn't, in my opinion. Um, Like, he felt, when he comes down the stairs in that, like, parka and the cape over the parka with his, like, fox, like, out of fox or something like that, whatever the pun is, mug, and is just like, whatever. Yeah. Like he's like a little sarcastic, a little like over everything. Um he and Tom Holland, Benedict Cumberbatch and Tom Holland are like so great to watch bounce off one another. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> Yeah, I I I really like I I I can't believe I'm saying this, but I really like the way 
I really like Doctor Strange. I like the way he's being portrayed because, like, I despise Mm. I just first movie that first movie. But they have done a lot of character work on him since then for the for Ragnarok and then Mm -hmm. the Avengers. Like, like they've done a lot with him. And at this point, like, I'm like, oh, I'm actually looking forward to the next Doctor Strange movie. Like, Like, he's not just Tony Stark light anymore. Yes. He's not Tony Stark light, and I think his relationship with Peter is a lot more interesting than yes. Tony's. I didn't like. I think that's part of the reason I didn't like the first two movies. I, think, I didn't yeah. like Tony's relationship with Peter. I don't think it was respectful. I don't think there was it like wasn't. there was there's the thing with Doctor Strange is there's so much mutual respect there. Yes, like he genuinely respects like. Peter, not as a, like a kid, not as like a, you know, like, but, but as like a person who helped him save the universe or like save, yeah. you know, he has, and that's the reason he agrees to do the spell. Because he is reminded, like he literally gets reminded in the midst of the spell. He's like, oh, right. I forget that you're actually, you're just a kid. Exactly. Right? He sees him as a capable human being first and a teenager second. Yes. And like Tony never. Tony, we that's a whole that's a yeah whole but we talked about it in our older season. discussions of these move of the first two movies like tony it's just not a mutual respect it's not and the show the problem is is that the the movies never recognize it as mm-hmm. like the, the comics had that moment of recognition where it's like tony made the wrong call mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and yeah peter the the comics allow for peter to have that moment yeah the movies don't allow him to have that moment yeah and that's where i think a lot of the frustration comes from but this is one where he gets to have that uh as we'll see but so he comes to see strange he's like i don't know what to do my friends are getting impacted this is there anything can we just like is there anything we can do to like go back in time Mm -hmm. and so like uh strange is like i don't have the time stone anymore like not really and then he gets the idea based on something where he's like, oh, we'll just make everyone to forget. And Wong right. is like, this is not a good idea. Yeah, yeah. This is not. But yeah. Strange is like, no, I can handle it. And Wong's like, fine, just keep, leave me out of it. And he, he leaves. Yeah. Uh, and so they go downstairs into this whatever spell area, and they try to do the spell. And and Peter keeps trying to make addendums as mm-hmm. Strange is doing the spell. He's like, oh, actually, I don't want everyone to forget. I want my girlfriend to remember. I want my best friend to remember. I want my aunt to remember. Basically, everyone who knew before Mysterio, that's who I want to remember. And Strange is like, oh, my God. And every time Peter opens his mouth, it gets more and more shaky. And the visuals are great, right? Yeah. The whole room, like, blasts apart. And then the spell goes, foomp. (laughs) And then Strange has to, like, bring it all back and puts it in this little box, essentially. Yeah. And he's like, well, it didn't work. Thanks a lot. You're an idiot. I forgot that you're actually a child. Yes. And is like, wait, you didn't call MIT? That's That's the best part. He's like, you wanted me to change, like cast a spell to change the fabric of the universe or whatever before you just called MIT? Because this is Peter's first instinct. Yes. What are the ways I can do this in which it would not involve the Sorcerer Supreme as I understand him to be? Um, He, yeah. And Peter's like, "I, I can call? Mm-hmm. MIT <laughs> and then Strange freaks out and kicks him out and is like leave my sight you idiot child uh, there's some funny stuff with Flash where Flash is like yeah Peter's my best friend blah 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 um, but Flash because Flash got into MIT of course of course and he tells Peter that he can find this like admissions person can I also just say the entire time is running through my head there's no way MIT is gonna uh, admit four, four people, people from, from one school, school. but okay okay anyways 
It's a superhero movie, so we can suspend that disbelief. Let's talk about a fantasy. Yeah. I think we had, my high school had, like, one person who got into MIT, but, like, three people who got into Harvard, which was pretty Wow, seriously? Wow. Yeah. Big uh, school, though? I'm guessing? No, magnet, though. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, I guess, because they go to a magnet school. Yeah, so I guess it could be. Maybe. Four seems like a lot. Four seems a lot. Four seems like a lot. Yeah. Um... So they he he gets the name of this woman who is like on her way to the to the um, airport and he's like swinging. There's a lot of funny stuff of like Peter acknowledging helicopters who are following him or like whatever. He's still got his nanobot suit. Um, so I didn't ca- because of the lighting and the drive-in. I didn't catch this in the drive-in, but I love the visual of the moment where he finds the woman. He finds her car on the highway heading to the airport, and he like. The nano suit comes off and he's in like a, a suit, but his suit is like super rumpled. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> like he just looks ridiculous and he like knocks on her window and she's like, uh. <laughs> and he he gives this very wonderful, like awkward Peter speech of why they should like consider MJ and Ned's admissions again, not his own, because that's who he is. And then. And then. And then. And then. This is a moment from the trailer that we all yeah. saw and freaked the fuck out over. Yep. Which is Alfred Molina returns as Doc Ock. Yes. And with his tentacles. Yep. And this was a, I mean, just overall in general, like just in every way, this was a fantastic scene. A lot of fun to watch. A lot of fun to like, because you're like, your mind is, even if you've seen it in the trailer, your mind is still blown while yes. you're watching it and then it's a lot of fun to watch and watching like peter try to like save everybody and then the mit woman's like you really are a hero like, like you it's a, yeah like it's 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 just very well done i really enjoyed this scene and then like alfred Molina realizing like you're not my peter no there's this great moment so he doesn't know obviously right mm-hmm. when doc ock shows up he it just looks he has peter has a suit on he looks like spider-man the fighting is different if you compare the that incredible like train subway sequence in Mm -hmm. Spider-Man two and the fight with Doc Ock on the subway and the fight that Peter are for our purposes, Peter one, Peter one has with Doc Ock. And I think we'll probably just call them like Peter, Toby and, um, and Andrew. Andrew. Yeah. Um, and the, the fights are different. Like the Mm -hmm. way he's interacting with different. And of course he is like, who are you? And Doc Ock is spewing all these things. Cause just as a quick reminder, the way Spider-Man two ends. So this is before the ending of Spider-Man two, cause Doc Ock dies at the end of Spider-Man two. He sacrifices himself to save everybody. Um, but he is very much who he was in the middle of Spider-Man. Yes. Yeah. Right. And so he catches Peter. He has his, He's got Peter up against like the concrete under a bridge or something, and he pulls pieces pieces of the suit off. And yeah. the suit, the nanobots on the suit come onto his tentacles. The mask comes off, and that's when Doc Ock is like, You're not Peter. Yeah. And Peter's like, I don't understand what's going on. Yes. <laughs> but he manages, because of the nanobats, to take control of uh Ox tentacles through his thing. And uh, Alfred Molina is such a joy because he's like, it's like that scene in the office where Dwight's like, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" <laughs> so Peter gets control of the tentacles. They he like is he they end up back at um Doctor Strange's yeah. because Doctor Strange has 
figured out some anomalies are happening. Yes. And yep. he puts Doc Ock in like a cage and there's yep. a great back and forth where Molina's like magic and Doctor Strange is like, don't engage with him. Yep. Um, <laughs> and so they're in like the basement of the Sanctum Sanctorum, which is not like the like regal place you feel like it should be. No, it's a disaster. Yeah. It's, like <laughs> yep. it's exactly what you expect the basement of like a, you know, 200 year old New York, you know, brownstone yeah. to be. There's like a washer and dryer, but yep. he has these like sort of like pods, magical uh, jail areas set up. Yes. Um, and so Strange explains that there are leaks, basically, mm-hmm. that like he put out a call to make everyone forget who Peter Parker was, but it didn't work. And so now anyone who knows who Peter Parker is, is being called to this universe. Right. And isn't, oh, we is forgot Kurt Connors the goblin, there already? Goblin showed up. Yeah, Goblin we showed up. Goblin showed yeah. up at the end of that fight. With Doc Ock, that's how they end up with Strange because Goblin throws a thing, starts laughing maniacally. Mm-hmm. There's a moment where like uh, Ock says like Osborne or something like that, and then they get portal to Doctor Strange. Right, and then Kurt Connors is already there in the basement, right? Kurt Connors, the lizard, is already there. They found him in the sewer. So two things: uh, Reese Ethans and uh, Thomas Hayden Church could not actually be in the movie. They were like. So all their stuff is like very CG, very minimal mm. because the two of them couldn't come to set for okay, whatever reason. I think they were like filming other things or something. That I don't know what sense. it was. Um, so that's why their their sort of interaction is fairly minimal. And there's like some weirdness with Thomas Hayden Church when he becomes a human at the end where it's clearly like very CG. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Kurt Connors is already there in lizard form. So yeah. again, prior to his... Uh, I think in the midst of Amazing Spider-Man 1. Yeah, I think the idea is they're pulling them all out right before they're defeated. Yes. They're going to die. Yes. Um, so Strange explains this, and then he's like, you need to fix this. Like, get them, get them back. And Peter's like, uh, okay, how am I supposed to do that without calling attention to myself because I don't want to ruin MIT chances because the woman was like, just stay, just be cool, man. Mm-hmm. Like, don't, don't, no controversy. Yeah. And so Strange, like, adapts his, like, web shooter so that if he shoots the person with a web, they will automatically be transported to the to the jail thing yes. or whatever. Um, and then Peter's like, I need help, actually. I need my best friends. The Scooby gang has to show up. Yep. Um, which was a wonderful moment of bringing Ned and MJ into this, the, the inner sanctum, so to speak. And Strange is so over it. Yep. And then the, the auto Octavius scene where they're like, what's your name? And then he's just like. It's so good. It's so, so like, first of all, MJ gives Strange a dressing down of like, you can say please. Okay. Like, yeah. this is also kind of your fault because you're the adult here. Right. Which is true. True. Absolutely um, true. They go downstairs. They're like, Ned's like, I'll be the guy in the chair. After also, who does, a, who does a spell, starts a spell like this? It doesn't explain to Peter like, okay. This is what's going to happen. Everybody right. is going to... Fr- like, he didn't... Okay, No, anyways, he didn't sorry. do anything. Yeah, absolutely. This is Strange's fault. Yes. Okay. This is not Peter's fault. No. This is Strange's fault. Yes. He was the adult. Yes. Peter is, like, 17 years old. Yes. Um. Yeah, so they they go downstairs. There's some funny bits with, like, the beard dye that Ned mm-hmm. finds. There's, like, a washer dryer in the background. Uh, all this stuff. Um, And they talk about, like, what they need to do. And then they find out there's, like, some kind of anomaly happening at, like, a military off base. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They don't really know what's going on. And Peter's like, okay. And aside to say, someone 
threw green paint at his suit earlier mm-hmm. when they were like, you killed Mysterio, that he hasn't been able to get out. So he has to wear his suit inside out, yeah. which I thought was really clever and cool. Um, but so he goes out there. He's got his phone taped to his chest so that MJ and Ned can see what's going on. Which I thought was a really nice touch. Very nice touch. Very, very funny. Uh, he gets there. And if, who is it but Electro? Mm-hmm. It's Jamie Foxx from... Amazing Spider-Man 2, arguably the worst. I would say worse than Spider-Man 3. Um, One of the worst Spider-Man movies. Through no fault of its cast. Yes. Everyone tried really hard. But the the Max Dillon in that movie is absurd. Mm -hmm. So I really like that they let Jamie Foxx be Jamie Foxx. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He is like a different Max Dillon. I will will be honest. I've never seen Spider-Man 3. And... I only saw Amazing Spider-Man 2 once. I think you're good. Yeah, that's I that's I've always felt that I'm good there. Like I I so I don't really remember it much, but yes, I Jamie Foxx is fantastic in this movie. He's so good. He like uh so Max Dillon shows up and Peter's like Peter of course tries to shoot him, but he's pure electricity. How are you? What do you do, right? He's drawing power from these like huge Things. Electric towers, yeah. Thank you. Power lines. Uh, so he's not physical. He's purely electric. So at the end of Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 2, he gets pulled into the power grid and just sort of like dissipates into the power grid. Mm-hmm. And this is presumably just before that happens in that movie. Yeah. Uh, and then he's about to like electrocute Peter when this huge thing of sand comes up. And it's mm-hmm. Sandman from Spider-Man 3. Mm-hmm. Um, and in Spider-Man 3, Sandman... One, you find out Sandman's the actual person who killed uh, Uncle Ben. Or mm-hmm. he was with the people who killed Uncle Ben. I can't It's one of the two. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so he was part of that. Two, he, at the end, sort of like, is like, I never wanted to be this person. Mm-hmm. And he apologizes to Peter, and they and he helps Peter. They come to an understanding. Okay. So he is, he's in a different sort of, like, position than the others. Which is why he helps Peter at the beginning. So, which is why he helps Peter at the beginning. Because he is like, I don't know what's going on. Peter's like, can we just take this guy down and then we'll figure it out? Uh, and so to, they team up. They get Electro, they sh- like, physical, so Peter can shoot him and he ends up back. He shoots Sandman. Sandman ends up back. He fixes things. So they come back and now they have Lizard, Doc Ock, Electro, Sandman. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and then May calls him at this point, right? So then we cut and we see... Uh, Willem Dafoe yeah. is who's Goblin, but we get one of those great scenes from Spider-Man where he's having the conversation where there's Willem Dafoe Goblin and there's Willem Dafoe Norman. And yeah. They're talking to each other and the Goblin is taunting him and then he has the mask off and Norman is just confused and doesn't yeah. know what's going on. Um, which was an interesting like development from who he is in Spider-Man mm-hmm. because the descent is... There is a descent from Norman to Goblin in Spider-Man, but I feel like it's much cleaner in that mm-hmm. way. Like, we don't see this sort of messy moment where there's a real intensive fight between the two. Because here, mm-hmm. Norman, like, cr- like smashes the, yes. the helmet before going off because he's like, I don't know what's happening, what's going on. Um, and then, yes, then May calls Peter and is like, uh, I think I found someone you're looking for. Right. And like Norman is, you know, says like, I went to my house and somebody else is living there. Oscorp yeah, doesn't like, exist. Son's like, he's not here. Yeah. Like, it was really, really just like, sad. you feel very like sad for him. And then yeah. so Peter brings him. Well, there's a moment, I think this is important but for what happens later, is he gets to feast. 
he like shows up and May tells him because the whole point is that these guys just need to go back to their universes. Yeah. Strange is like, we just have to send them back. Get everybody here and we're sending them back. Yeah. And so May is sitting there with Norman and Norman looks pathetic. He sounds pathetic. He sounds broken and sad. And she like gets up and goes to Peter and she's like, he's lost. I think mm-hmm. he's lost. I think he needs help. And Peter tries to be like, it's not, we just have it's to not my problem. Like, it's not it's my not- problem. It's not mm-hmm. my job. And she's like, we have to help people. And yeah. so they go back and this is kind of where they have that conversation and they find out that everyone there was on the cusp of dying. Yeah. Right? And basically like, Peter's going to send them back to die. To die. And he sorts of like starts to freak out about it. Strange is like it's not some – it's the death of a few versus the death of many. Like I don't think Strange is wrong in his – No, I, I, I don't think he is, but it's, that's not – yeah, like – and Strange genuinely doesn't believe they can be saved, right. too. He doesn't think they can be saved. He's like, we have to get it back before reality tears. Yes. And so he creates this, like, box thing that contains the broken spell. And when he presses the button, everyone go- goes back to where they're supposed to be. And Peter start- is, like, l- hearing May's words in his head. And he's like, we have to try to help them. Mm-hmm. Like, what do we do? Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> then there's this, like, wonderful mini fight between him and Strange because Peter – gets the box away, mm-hmm. tries to run for it. There's a lot of great, like, visualization. And Peter, like, one of my favorite moments is, like, Strange is, like, you can't beat me. So he, like, pushes Peter's aura, like, out of his yeah. body. And he's trying to take the box. But Peter's body, despite not having his spirit inside of it, is, like, keep it playing keep away. Like, yeah. Spider sense, I think, yeah. right? Yeah. I think that, yeah, that makes sense. It's just, like, instinct. It's instinct. And he's like, how are you doing this? And Peter's like, I don't know, but this is the coolest thing that's ever happened in my life. Yeah. Then we get these – this fight in the mirror universe is one of the coolest things, right? Yes. And this was, like, the one thing that was really cool about the original first Doctor Strange movie. I don't think – did you ever watch it? Uh, I watched half of it and then I – Yes, okay. This was the only only thing I liked about that movie was this kind of, like, reality-breaking – Right. scenes and it was very cool in this movie and, and I was happy crazy. to see it because now I can be like you know nobody ever has to watch Doctor Strange <laughs> it's true and to see it in a fight with like someone with Peter's powers yeah. right the, there's this great moment where it's like it's magic it's cool it's da, da, da. and then Peter looks up and he's like this is geometry yes. I can do geometry and yes. he just starts doing math and that's how he defeats he defeats Doctor Strange with math Yes, he like ties him up so he's like falling through the Grand Canyon essentially and he gets the box and he gets away with the box and he and MJ and Ned kind of have this conversation and Peter's like I have to try to help them like I have mm-hmm. to try to fix them essentially and they're all mm-hmm. like I don't need to be fixed da, 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 da. um and then he takes them <laughs> he takes them to Happy's apartment where Happy's they're staying apartment. right now yep. and there's a fabricator one of Tony Stark's fabricators yeah there. Happy stole one of Tony's fabricators yes. So basically, um, they decide they start with Doc Ock because he's he seems the most reasonable. I think I can understand why they start with Doc Ock, right? He because it's just like a chip, right? He basically is like, right now the tentacles have control of Doc Ock. We need to flip it so Doc Ock has control of the tentacles. Yeah, right. Um, It's a great scene actually because like Norman and Peter are working very closely together. Arguably, they should have started with Norman. That's, mm-hmm, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're working very closely together, and Norman's like, "Listen, if you ever want the short commute of a cross universe thing, like I would love to hire you." It's awesome, right? Yeah, Even it is. In the first two movies, 
we didn't get to see a lot of like Peter as the like math science nerd that he mm-hmm. is. So this mm-hmm. was really joyful. But they create a creates a chip. He like Doc Ock is like fighting the whole time. May is there. May is trying to like humanize these people. He's like uh like giving Doc Ock water, blah blah blah. Uh and he's so the salt water scene. I laughed so, so hard. She was like she offers him water and she's like, do you prefer fresh or salt? And he's like, what? And I was like, what, too? Like, I was like, why would you? Is that a normal thing, people? And then she's like, because of the octopus. I was like, oh, oh, right. So funny. It was so funny. So funny. And you can see, I love that, too, because you see where Peter sort of gets his, like, what what is funny to him. Yeah. Um, But so they get the chip on, and it works. And Alfred Molina just being like, oh, my dear boy. I was like, I want to die. This is so good. Yes. Uh, And, of course, they're, so they're working on he and uh, Auk and Norman start splitting up duties because they need to fix Sandman, Lizard, and uh, Electro also. Peter finds a way to like – Electro, meanwhile, when he came in, noticed the arc reactor and was like, mm-hmm. mm, that looks good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but Peter puts like a power dampener thing on him. Like they're figuring all these out. And there's this moment then that Peter's uh, spider sense kicks in or the tingle as they're calling it. But he can't – get a handle on what it is yes because there's so many bad so, villains so many in that guys. room uh and there's this like wonderful scene where it's like so tense you know something's gonna go wrong and he's like looking around and you don't know who it's gonna be in the moment and then he like shoots a web at norman and it's because the goblin has come out because molina had said like Auk had said to norman like you're almost free of him. He'll be gone soon. Mm-hmm. Um, which, of course, the goblin was like, um, I don't think so. Yeah. And then everything goes to shit. Yes. And, I mean, this is a hard scene to watch. Peter gets this. Sh- like, so, okay. Oh, he's, my God. So, May goes and gets, they had, they'd almost, perf- like, finished the serum to, to like, cure. the cure or whatever to mm-hmm. cure Norman. Mm-hmm. And May goes and grabs it while Peter's, like, fighting all these villains and it's really brutal it's tom holland's getting the shit kicked out of him like through ceilings and it's from like everybody it's like um uh the the lizard was in like a truck downstairs and he bursts out and meanwhile jameson has been had a trail on peter the whole time so he's there with a camera so he sees the lizard bust out like um electro breaks out and he has the arc reactor goblin they don't they they inject goblin right but it doesn't work it doesn't work that well that happened like toward closer to the the end of the fight where like like there's sort of like everyone's sort of tag teaming and beating the crap out of peter essentially sandman kind of just takes off yeah um but they may is running away just trying to get away she's running down the stairs peter and goblin like peter basically falls through like the entire skyscraper down Mm -hmm. to the lobby just as may gets to the lobby and then goblins uh glider shows up and Mm -hmm. in a parallel to what happens at the end of spider-man the the glider aims for may and take and takes may out and then he takes off like goblin is basically taunting peter the whole time like you just don't have it in you blah, blah 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 whatever uh, and May had continually repeated to Peter, like, it's your responsibility to help these people, mm-hmm. right? And so for a second, you think May is going to be fine. Yeah. Yep. She Right? She stands, she stands up. up. They have a conversation. It's very hard. Like, I will say Tom Holland 
is so good. Yeah. At crying yeah. and looking broken. <laughs> and like, and you think she's going to be okay. And then she says, with great power comes great responsibility. And you're just like, fuck. Oh my fuck. God. Fuck, First fuck, of all, fuck. I know that there is a convert. Like this to me, one, I don't think it's a fridging because mm-hmm. in the context of Spider-Man, giving the most important person in his life the most important language in his life Mm -hmm. and allowing it to be May Parker and not Ben, I think Mm -hmm. is amazing, Mm -hmm. right? This is what I mean by subverting that origin story. Mm -hmm. Like we got three movies with May to learn how important she was to him. Mm -hmm. And it's like the way this would have been fridging is if afterwards Peter then killed Goblin, I think. But it's her lessons that he's learning. It's not her death that motivates him necessarily. That's what I was about to just say. He's not motivated by her death. Mm -hmm. Um, He's motivated by her life. Yes. What a wonderful way to put it. Yeah. Like, I I don't know. It didn't, it felt authentic to me. I don't know. And I understand people who, I mean, I didn't, I honestly didn't know she died. That's how much I, this movie was not spoiled for me. It was like. I didn't know she died. And so, like, I haven't seen the discourse around it. I can imagine. It's not that bad. Okay. I was imagining people were, were upset. But, like, I also think that taking away the death of a, like taking like it's just that's a formative part of spider-man it is agreed like and i think subverting it and making it aunt may is was a i think it was i personally think it was a good move i understand people who don't but like it that is what it it is bold choice yes i like but that's how much i like i had no idea she died oh my god it's so heartbreaking and it's yeah and marissa tomei is so good in the scene Mm -hmm. because she is like she doesn't, it's almost like she doesn't know what's happening. So mm-hmm. she's like, what's going on? What's wrong? I'm just like, really what's tired. Happening? Like, I'm just really tired. I just need to take a second. And so it's all the more heartbreaking. And then they have that moment of like, with great power comes great responsibility. And then Peter uh, at this, like happy drives up at some point. Because and then he sees was like, him holding May's body. Oh my God. And then like bodily puts him car between. In between. So to give Peter the chance to run and then like they're yeah. handcuffing because the, the, the feds have showed the up. The SWAT team shows yeah. up. Yeah, they're handcuffing um, Happy and like arresting him and you can hear in slow motion Happy yelling like, Peter, run. Run. Oh my God. And yeah. so then Peter takes off because what oh, is wait. he supposed to do? Uh, does, does Peter have the nanobot suit back at this point? I think Akka gave him yes. the nanobot suit back Ak- when Ak- he was cured. gave him the nanobot suit back. Yeah. Um, because he gets Ak- hit is- at one point. Like, yeah. he gets so hit Ock by a bullet, I think, yeah. Mm-hmm. He does get hit. Um, he has his suit back. Uh, Ock had given it back. Ock, in the meanwhile, was just, like, Gone. he tried to help, but he got taken. He, yeah. he left. Um, so we don't know kind of what his status is. Status? What did I, why did I just get, like, what just happened there? Status? <laughs> I got very British for a moment. It's a data, d- data, 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 data moment. <laughs> That was very weird. Um, <laughs> so Ock is gone. Peter's on the lamb, like, and then we cut to Ned and MJ who are at Ned's house. And MJ's got the box and is like, I'm just going to press the button. I'm, I'm just going to press, press the button. button. And Ned's like, no, wait, we don't know what's going on. Hold on. And Ned has, Peter has taken Dr. Strange's ring and given yeah. it to Ned. So Ned has Dr. Strange's ring. And then they're, like, watching the news. They know Peter's alone. And MJ's like, try to make a portal. Let's try, mm-hmm. just try to get Peter. Try to get Peter. 
when I tell you. Well, no, it's like, it's like, because he just says, I wish we could see Peter or something like that. Yeah. And he feels a spark. And like, I think that means that Ned is magic. Yes. Ned like, is I don't think if magic, you weren't right? magic, you would be able to use the ring. And so Ned I is agree. magic, which I love. Ned, um, Ned is magic. Ned, Ned gets to be Ned, next Sorcerer Supreme. Ned yes. leads. Uh, not we are not letting poor Jacob Battleon be the freaking ho- hobgoblin. We're not doing no, it. No, I don't want that. Um, but so he opens the portal and it's shadowy. It's an alley. You see the figure of Spider-Man in the back, and of course, like there's like this tension, and he runs forward and he because like, Peter, Peter, come mask. on, come on. Yeah, like, they're yelling for Peter. He comes to the portal and he pulls out like pulls off the mask, and it's Andrew. It's Andrew Garfield. Did you freak? I mean, I know you knew. I knew. Like- I knew it wasn't going to be uh, Peter, but um, okay, well, let's get to the next part and then I'll I'll let you know how I okay, felt okay, about okay. this. Okay. And then they, so, they're like, okay, well, let's do it again. It. Maybe. Well, no, no. First, they're like, prove it, right? They're like, prove you're Peter Parker. Because they're like, who are you? You're not Peter Parker. You're not our Peter Parker. And so there's some funniness. I like this moment, though, because Ned is, it allows uh, that Filipino-American culture to come through. Like, Ned's mm-hmm. Lola is there. They don't have uh, English translations for her Tagalog, mm-hmm. Tagalog, excuse me, for her Tagalog. And Ned is sort of responding to her in this like very child of immigrants way where he's like mm-hmm. answering her in English. And like it just it was a really lovely like scene between. It was. Them. It was very it felt very right? authentic. It felt very authentic. And so Andrew is like crawling on the ceiling and Ned's Lola is like could you get that spider weapon I also really like this scene because it gave us a funny introduction to Andrew Garfield who did not get to be funny very much because he was so angsty in his movies he was like he was so good as Spider-Man and this movie he got to be good as Spider-Man and Peter Parker Mm -hmm. like the writing was equal on both sides whereas in the Amazing Spider-Man movies to your point he's like emo edgelord Peter Mm -hmm. but he's like very funny as Spider-Man yeah uh yeah so that he proves that he's Peter and so they're they're like okay let's try again and so Ned's like, let us see Peter, blah, blah, blah. And then it opens up, and it's Toby. It's Toby. Not in the suit. Not in the suit. He's just in an outfit. As the youth pastor line <laughs> killed me. Because especially because, like, Toby's, like, Toby's demeanor is just yeah. very youth pastor the whole time. Like, when, when later in the movie, when Tom is like, I'm part of the Avengers. And oh he's like, God. I love that for you. It's so great. It was so what are funny. they? <laughs> but um, okay. But going back to it, so I knew, of course, that Andrew Garfield. Everybody knew before yes. the movie came, came out that Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire would be in this. But I really thought it was just going to be for a three-minute fight scene, and it was going to be very gimmicky. They were going to quip at each other, and then it was going to be done. I did not expect this in-depth, like, character study of Peter. This, like, basically coming of age for our Peter. And, like, just the way, like, I did not expect them to be, like, this fundamental, like, part of this movie. I didn't expect them because mm-hmm. Marvel often doesn't give you the scenes you want. No. Like, that will wait. Like, they don't give you the scenes they want because they're so focused on plot. And yes. X, X, X has to happen in this movie to set up the next three movies. You don't yep. get those smaller scenes. And I feel like they were just like, okay, this movie is going to be 30 minutes longer and we're going to really use these two actors. And they did. And it was so well done right and give them the moments they deserve because both spider-man 3 and amazing spider-man 2 are rough ends mm-hmm. for these characters mm-hmm. for because they were they were not handled well mm-hmm. let's say right um which we'll we'll definitely get to that too mm-hmm. um so we have toby and andrew there now who are there to like we have to go find 
Spider-Man and Toby's like is there somewhere he would go mm-hmm. like I know there are places I would be alone and I love the like moments between the Spider-Man where he's like I go Empire I go Chrysler yeah Empire is a better view like there are these like lovely little sweet moments and MJ is like I know where he'd go and it's the top of the school mm-hmm. and they show up which this moment was heartbreaking because first it's MJ and Ned find Peter and it's just the three of them like hugging and like trying to be okay Mm -hmm. and of course it's like that comes back to what these films are Mm -hmm. which are Peter's community and his life and it's just this like very sweet moment between the three of them right and then he hears a sound Mm -hmm. and MJ's like no wait just talk to them and Mm -hmm. it's then we get this lovely point of understanding of grief between the three Spider-Men who nobody else understands it like they understand it, right? Yeah, yeah. I did think it was – I know that they had to do this, but like Toby being like, I lost my Uncle Ben. Andrew being like, I lost my girlfriend Gwen. I was like, you also lost your Uncle Ben. Yes. <laughs> like it was it was also Uncle Ben. Yes. Me, but okay. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Don't come on, man. It's Martin. Like, don't, don't, don't do that. Yeah. Martin Sheen matters. Yes, he does. It's <laughs> very accurate. Accurate. Yes. Um, but they have this like wonderful. There's a, it's also a also movie. that happened at the end of the second movie. Like that is not motivational for you, my dear. Anyways, okay. I'm Keep, making a face, yeah. and I'm not saying the words, but I'm making a face of agreement. Um, so they have this great moment of the first of many great moments between these three Spider-Men because literally no one else in the world will understand what Peter Parker is aside mm-hmm. from Peter Parker. Um, and then they like, Peter's like, I just have to send you all back. Like, I'm sorry. That's the only thing I can do. And they come to sort of an agreement because of these two journeys that both Toby and Andrew Spider-Man went through of like in there's a level of incompleteness to it yeah. because of the way they had to end, which is like on a bit of a downer. That it allows for the plot to this movie to exist, right? Because then they yeah. push for like, no, let's try this a different way. Yeah. And it's great, yeah, right? Yeah, it really is, yeah. Ooh. Uh, and so they're like, okay, we have to build all these cures. And then we get some great sciencing and yes. like character study stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it was. That was that was a great montage. Right? It's a great montage where they're building all these things because they're all super smart. There's a moment where Ned's like, do you have a best friend? And <laughs> Toby's like, yeah, but he died. <laughs> he tried to kill me or something like that. Yeah, he's like, he tried to kill me, but then he like turned around and saved my life and he's gone now. <laughs> and that's just like, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> and like the way they, there's such a great, like Toby is so good at his version of Peter Parker, mm-hmm. who is like, to your point, like he's more of the youth pastor vibe. Of, he is like, like a little bit old man Pete. A little he's bit. A, he's he's, not, he's like, a little bit old like man He's middle-aged Pete. Pete. He's not quite old man Pete. But like, yeah. I love the little tidbits that you find out that him and MJ made it work. Yeah, it was complicated, but they did it. And then you have like uh, Andrew Pete, who is still sort of in the throes of like, he says like, at some point I started, I stopped pulling my punches I was so full of rage like he is clearly in the middle of his journey yeah to getting to the point where he can be Toby's Pete right of that acceptance of that he's like by himself Mm -hmm. he's like doing what he can he hasn't met an MJ like any of those things and so it is it was a a very like great character study of Spider-Man slash Peter Parker yeah um and so they build all these things they have these conversations and then they're like, okay, now what? Yeah. And then they're like, let's, where can we get them? I know, the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> yeah, which is being rebuilt with like a Captain America shield, which was yeah. interesting. Okay. It's choices. Um, <laughs> it was like, don't forget, Steve, like Captain America sacrificed himself to save us all. Yeah. 
slash went back in time and had yeah, slash went, yeah, like, okay. <laughs> better than putting an arc reactor on her chest, I, I guess. true. Yes. Yes. I would prefer like, the, the shield yes. to, yeah, okay. Yeah. Fair. That makes me, <laughs> okay. Um, so they, like, uh, get the villains to him using Jameson by just doing, like, a, like, Peter calls in and sort of is like, it's really lovely. Like, it's a very, like, MCU Peter Parker moment where he's like, oh, I'm going to do this. Wish me luck. And you're like, oh. Yeah. And they have the, um, because the, the villains want that cube. Mm-hmm. They want, that's the only thing that's going to get them away from this world. And they don't mm-hmm. want to be away from the world because they're yeah. quite happy existing yeah. in this new world. Because they know, right? they all know they're going to go back to die. Yeah. So, um, he like shows the cube on camera. And of course, like, then there's this like great sort of like moment of build up where they're mm-hmm. like, like, I love the moment between like Toby and Andrew where he's like, you want me to crack your back? That was really, yeah. It was like really cute. And it's like just such camaraderie and immediate yes. love between these three characters. Mm-hmm. And, it and felt when very the Andrew girlfriend's like, I love you. I love you. <laughs> and they're both like, thank Thanks. you. <laughs> it is. It was really it. just the like little scenes. I am so, so glad that they gave us the room to have yes. those. Because like I said, like so many movies, you want these little scenes and you don't get them because yes. we've got to move the plot forward. We've got to move the plot forward. We can't have a three and a half hour movie. Got to move the plot forward in these Marvel movies. And I am so glad they like ha- they just like accepted a runtime of like two and a half hours and gave us the 30 minutes of right. just talking. And it didn't feel like two and a half mm-hmm. hours, I will mm-hmm. say. Like, it, did it didn't feel long. Um, so they're like getting ready for this. And of course, everybody shows up at the same time. They all start fighting and it's not going well. No, it is right? not going well. They're trying too hard to be individuals is what they, they figure out. So they like they show up. Peter throws the cube to MJ and she and Ned are supposed to portal out. And so they open the portal, but then Ned can't figure out how to close it. Yeah. So he's like trying to figure out how to close it. Meanwhile, these fights are happening. And there's a moment where all three Spider-Men then show up back together they after regroup. getting their butts yeah. beat. And this is where Peter has that moment where he's like, have either of you fought with a team? And they're like, no, we're kind of more individuals. And he's like, well, I've been on the Avengers. And then there's that great moment oh, like, of like, I love that. For love like, that. Like, and then <laughs> Andrew's so like, genuine. that's so great. Is that a band? Yeah. <laughs> like, no. And then Peter's like trying to explain it. And then he's like, wait, it's not important. <laughs> just, just follow me. And then- I love this too because it like shows that he's learned about how like how to be a leader, how to be a part of a team. He's understood tactics. Like these are things that are very subtle, but like it's, I like it. Like it's I really, really like that. It's really cute. It's, it's very sweet. It's, it's also showing like how this Peter is different than the other two Peters. Right. He exactly. He to be alone. Uh, he didn't have to start alone, I should say. And it also um, shows how fundamental his community is to him. Whether yes. it's being part of the Avengers, it is, you know, Ned and MJ, like it shows that it's another, just it's just showing us again how much he has to lose. Yes. Um, so they agree on like a game plan. They have their Peter 1, Peter 2, Peter 3, figuring it out. And they start to attack as a team. And it's it, it starts to work, right? Yeah. Like, um. They get Lizard, they get Sandman, Electro, they're having trouble. They have to really Mm -hmm. team up to try to fight Electro, and it's not working. And then Doc Ock makes his miraculous appearance and Mm -hmm. helps them. For a second, you think that he has turned. Yep. uh, And then he turns around and then defeats, like, pulls that thing, like, puts the thing on Electro so he gets his power dampened again. And there's this great moment between Doc Ock and Toby where he says – my dear boy, how are you? And Toby says, trying to be better, which is a direct line from the Spider-Man 2. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh my God. Like I I was basically crying like the entire last half of this movie. 
Um, there are a lot of really wonderful throwbacks, which we're not citing all of them, but I yeah. want to just a quick appreciation for getting Willem Dafoe to say I'm something of a scientist myself. Again. Yes. <laughs> Willem Dafoe was so good in so this. Good. I mean, they all were, but like, I just, I feel like I need to, like, he was, so, him and Alfred He's Molina, so like, re- and Jamie Foxx, them three really, They They, like, wow. really killed it. Um, We should say the Goblin is not here yet. Yes. Goblin has not yet shown himself um they're just fighting the other so now they've taken down basically all of them yeah and then goblin makes his reappearance Mm -hmm. uh, and he's taunting peter and he's like coming for like uh mj and ned have never were able to get the portal closed so they're both there too and there's this moment where mj there's like this explosion and she starts to fall backwards and in amazing spider-man 2 they picked it up directly from the comics in terms of how Gwen Stacy dies, which mm-hmm. is that she falls, Peter shoots a web at her, catches her in the stomach, and the ricochet breaks her neck. Mm-hmm. And so she dies. And this is a moment where MJ is falling. It's The scene is specifically deliberately mirroring that moment in Amazing Spider-Man 2. Tom Holland's Peter can't catch her. Andrew Garfield, which I called, by the way. Yes, you did. I was you like, did. this is going to happen. From the trailer, you did. In August. Of last year, but he swoops in and he catches her. And I actually want to bring up like the script because there's a the script got released. Um, and there's this moment where Andrew catches her and they land, and she's just like freaking out, but he is clearly a mess. And the script is says about him overwhelmed with emotion web versus peter nods having just relived the worst moment of his life when he lost gwen stacy in the amazing spider-man 2 this time he prevailed and you see it like all on his face you do. yep right it's such a good moment and so counter to the mess that was amazing spider-man 2 yeah yeah so it's nice this is like those moments that we're getting where we get toby getting to take ownership of like his existential crisis as he calls it in spider-man 3 we get Andrew getting to come to terms with what happened in it in Amazing Spider-Man 2. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this goblin fight is still happening. Peter's freaking out, of course. Mm-hmm. He gets, it's just him and Goblin on the back of the Captain American shield. And Peter's like, I'm going to kill you. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to kill you. He, like, he, like he destroys, I think he destroys the glider Gliders. and is just beating the shit out of Goblin. Mm-hmm. And he like, picks the glider up and is about to stab him with his own glider like he killed May because Goblin is like, I may have struck the blow, but you're the one that killed her, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's about to strike the blow and then Toby jumps down and stands between them mm-hmm. and is basically like, you you don't want to do this. And then Goblin stabs Toby in the yeah. back. But then Andrew Garfield picks up the cure or the cure and, th- and you think that Toby's, or you think that Tom, that Peter is going to kill Goblin, and instead mm-hmm. he stabs him with the cure. Yeah, he stabs him with the cure. Goblin comes to, and there's this heartbreaking moment where Willem Dafoe is like, what have I done? Uh, Toby is okay. Mm-hmm. They're like, are you okay? He's like, I've been stabbed before. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was like, if they yeah. freaking kill Toby I was going to be like, no. Yeah. I was about to lose my mind. Uh, so they prevail. There's this, like, great moment between, you know, uh, Toby and Andrew and sort of, like, coming to terms with everything and all this stuff. And then Peter launches himself back up. And meanwhile, the spell, Goblin exploded the cube. He destroyed the cube. And so the spell that Strange had contained at the top of the movie exploded. And there are literal rips in reality happening around them. 
and Strange has come back. He's super pissed off. They He had come back mid-fight, and they were like, just let us do this. He's trying to contain these rips, and he doesn't know what to do. And then Peter flies up there, and he's like, wait. Because Strange is like, they're all coming to you. Everybody's coming to Peter Parker. They are all thinking of you and coming to you. And Peter's like, well, what if they forgot? What if Not forgot, forgot I was Spider-Man, but oh, what yeah. if everybody forgot that... <laughs> That yeah. I forgot about Peter Parker. Yeah. It's like, what if they forget their relationship to me, Peter Parker? Yeah. And Strange is like, that means everyone would forget. Like, everyone. Everyone. Meaning, including Doctor Strange. Including Doctor Strange. Everybody would Peter forget. was like, yeah. we have to do it. Yeah. And and so Strange is like, okay, say your goodbyes. He has this, that respect for Peter has come back. Um, So Peter goes down first to the two Spider-Men. Mm-hmm. And there's this like. Oh, God, this moment where they're just like, they they basically are like, we're so glad we met each other. We're so glad this happened. And they hug. Mm-hmm. And it's very cute. Uh, Peter then goes off to, like, say goodbye to his friends. There's a moment between Andrew and Toby. He goes to say goodbye to MJ. And, and he Ned. tells her what's happening, which I appreciated. Yes. I really appreciate yes. I Because I was, like, worried he wasn't going to tell her. And I really appreciated he was just like, hey, you're going to forget me. It's the only way, but I will find you. Because in the earlier on, he had tried to fix them uh, without – he tried to fix things without talking to them mm-hmm. first. Like, when he went to Doctor Strange, he didn't tell Ned and MJ. And MJ was like, it's fine, but next time just tell us yeah. so that we can talk about it first. And so this time he tells them that this is the only way. And there, it's heartbreaking. Yes. Like they are all like And so he's lost already. Like he just lost Aunt May. Like he has already lost so much. So and now much. he's going to lose everything else. And But he says like, I will come find you. I will explain everything to you. Like I will tell you guys. He and Ned do their like handshake. MJ tells him that he loves her or that she loves him. And he starts to say it back. And she's like, no, say it when you remind me. If you don't, like, I will figure it out again. And then yeah. they kiss, and it's very sweet. And then he does the spell. Like, Peter goes off. Strange does the spell. Cut to several months later. And uh, Jameson is doing a broadcast, being like, talking about Spider-Man. And he clearly doesn't know who Spider-Man is. Yeah. So the spell has worked. Mm-hmm. You have Peter running down a sidewalk with a piece of paper where he's, like, practicing what he's going to say to MJ. Mm-hmm. And he walks into the uh, Peter Pan Donuts, and Ned 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 is there already. Like I think, or is about to be there. He, he walks he, in, like, walks like while in, in they're in the middle of talking. Um, and Peter's like, "I'm Peter Parker," and MJ's like, "Okay, yeah." And, and then, and meanwhile, her and Ned are talking about going to MIT, and they're so excited. Yeah. He's like sitting at the counter, and Peter's listening to them be so excited. And she comes back over. And he's about to tell her and she pushes her hair back and he sees a Band-Aid over a cut from that she had sustained at the battle. And she's wearing, I didn't notice this, I saw this in a gift set later, she's wearing the broken Black Dahlia necklace he bought her in No Way Home or in Far From Home. And so she clearly doesn't know why, but there's a connection there. I think that matters. But he, he chooses in that, you see him decide in that moment not to tell her. Yeah. And it's so heartbreaking. Yeah. It's so intensely heartbreaking. Um, and so he leaves without telling her. Then there's a moment at May's grave. Mm-hmm. Um, Happy shows up. Happy shows up. Happy does not know who he is. And he says that he knows May through Spider-Man. And Peter through says Spider-Man. he knows May through Spider-Man. And then they mm-hmm. have a little moment. And then Peter leaves. And then you see him getting his own apart- his yeah. apartment. Like He gets his own apartment. It's kind of a shitty place. 
he like clearly is he's studying for his GED because he mm-hmm. didn't graduate high school. And then <gasps> you see him like just be put Spider-Man. the suit on and then running because the that's suit what he, he has made. Left. It's not his nanobot suit. Yeah. It's a suit. There's a sewing machine with fabric. You see, he's making his own stuff now. This is literally this is this movie ends with the Peter Parker who is that isolated superhero that we know. This yeah. is a three trilogy movie origin story for Spider-Man. Yeah. And it was funny because when we um when we first talked about Homecoming, you and I were both like, oh thank God it's not an origin origin story. Yeah. Like but this was it. a this trilogy, entire trilogy was an origin they story. Tricked up- us. Yeah. And it was it's fantastically done. Uh-huh. Um there's yeah, one post credit sequence. We for like I don't. Yeah. Did you watch it? The Venom post credit yeah, yeah. sequence. There's this yeah. very funny post credit sequence where Tom Hardy is in some like um, uh, bar somewhere with Danny Rojas from <laughs> from Ted Ted Lasso, and he's just like it's you know it's Venom. It's uh, Venom is like talking shit, and Eddie is trying to deal with it, and he just as he's about to say like maybe I'll go talk to this Spider Man in New York. He disappears because it's when Strange sent everyone back. But the camera focuses in and there's a little bit of black goo left behind. Yeah. Just a tiny bit of black goo. Although Um, Toby had a line about that in the movie, right? Where he's like, don't. Did I make that up? I don't remember. I don't mention something about black goo, I want to say, because that's what Spider-Man 3 was. But maybe he didn't. I don't don't remember. That I don't remember. But and then there is a second post-credit scene, but it's basically a trailer for that was just the Doctor Strange trailer. Doctor Strange and the multiverse. Yeah, like it's technically a post-credit scene, but it's just a trailer. So I don't think we need to talk about that. Oh good. But yeah, this movie was really good. And it's interesting because I they have basically confirmed the Spider-Man 4 is happening, right? I don't know. I think so. But so so I Googled it after because I wanted to know for this. So they said, like, yes, Kevin Feige has said spider-man 4 is happening good but tom holland is taking a break from acting so it's not oh. clear what that means like and it's not clear how long a break that is like six months i mean they don't year. really need to like do but, it immediately um, right yeah and Let so i don't a little yeah i i don't i think I, i'm guessing tom holland will be back in the suit but it's not gonna be for you know for at least like a few years i mean and they have the slate right i was now. gonna say and i think that's good i think give him time to like grow up and be this Peter Maybe he can come back this, as like an adult Peter, right? Yeah, kind of because come back in as an adult Peter and like basically his re-entry into Oh my god, episode. I'm gonna lose my mind. Yeah. Um gonna, it's gonna be so They're gonna do it as a cameo in another movie, like I'm or something. Yeah. I'm gonna lose it. Uh, but I, yeah, I do, maybe like he'll come back for the next Avengers movie, whenever that is, because we don't have another Avengers like movie on the slate. With, like Kamala Khan, I like can't handle it. Like, oh. um, I do think that uh, I yeah so I think but so yeah I, I I this movie was fantastic like I like I said it surprised me I was surprised at how much didn't get spoiled um, very like, impressed I I knew like the outline basic outlines of what happened and the plot but like I I went into it and I don't know I don't know what else I have to say but I really really like this I think this was a fantastic <sighs> movie. I'm going to see it. I'm going to watch it like a million times. It's I like, so- I was like, this discussion has made me just want to go back and like start at the like Andrew and right? Toby scene and just watch that like 45 minutes again. Cause it was so good. The three of them. I'm like so happy for them all. I'm so happy for Toby and Andrew. Me too. That they get to like close out their, their legacy. Right. Yeah. Ugh. And like, end them on such a positive note. Yes. And I, 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 and I loved how respectful because they didn't have to be. Um, no, they didn't have to be this respectful of the legacies of the previous Spider-Man movies. They really didn't, and I'm so glad they were. 
Yes, I agree. Because they were all, there was so much good about, even like the Amazing Spider-Man series, which I know people have serious problems with. Andrew Garfield is so good at Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. He was so good, even in those movies, at playing Spider-Man. And like, here, his Peter Parker with his anxieties and his like, like there's a point where he's like, you guys are so cool. And I like, I'm not. Yeah. And they're like, no, what? Don't talk about yourself like that. Mm-hmm. And it's that sort of like meta commentary of like, He's also great. Yeah. He's still Peter. Oh, I loved it. I just loved it so much. It was much. a great movie. It was so good. Okay, we've been talking for like an hour and a half. So yes. should we go ahead and talk about what we're doing? What are you doing? Okay, as usual, Tarval and Urbus is still happening for our Wheel of Time fans. We are reading, what book are we reading? We are reading The Fires of Heaven right now. Um, and of course, Spider-Man's Social Dilemma is available for pre-order. Please pre-order it. I am very excited about this book. People are starting to read it, which Yay! I have. Yes, actually, I have, a, I, say, yeah, I have a galley. Like, I, I, I haven't read it yet, but I am going to. I'm very excited to dive in. Um, yeah, it's very cool. So you can find that basically everywhere. Spider-Man's Social Dilemma. Please, please, please pre-order. Um, I am still doing Star Trek Picard recaps at StarTrek.com. I've been really bad about promoting those because they go up the day after the episode airs and like I always forget, but I'm going to set a self set a reminder so I am better about that. Um, I'm still doing my Wired column and uh, I had a book announcement last week. I'm very excited. I'm doing a mini like a little pocket guide to stargazing to Chronicle books. There's been a lot of like assumption that because it's Chronicle, it's a kid's book. It is not. It is aimed at adults, um, but it's kind of aimed at people who have never really thought much about the night sky, but want to like kind of connect a little more with nature and mindfulness and all that. So I'm really excited about it. Um, And yeah. Uh, So what are you into? Perfect. Um, I'm into your book announcement. I'm yes, so excited about thank this. You. It's yes. so deserved and you're the perfect person to write this book. Uh, and I can't wait to read it, which I imagine I'm going to get to read many iterations. Just saying. Yes. Don't be yes. jealous. Yep. Um, I am also, I decided to start watching Gargoyles for the first time. Um, it's super intense. It's really, really? good. Huh. Oh my God. Like I... I was overseas when the show premiered, so, like, I was living overseas, so I think that's why I didn't watch it. Um, It is straight-up Shakespearean. Wow. It is – the. did you know that the overlap between Star Trek Next Generation and the voice actors here? Yeah, I I knew it was, like, all Star Trek. It's all Star Trek people. Yeah. Um, But the writing is, like – it's, like, war and death and loss and identity and, like, it's – And romance and, like, it's wild. It's so good. Um, also very into still, of course, the Bat Fam. I just want to really shout out Travis Moore's variant cover for this like DC Pride Tim Drake special is the cutest shit I've it's ever very, seen in my life. Very cute. It's like Tim Drake and his boyfriend Bernard sitting like cuddling on a gargoyle in Gotham, and they just like the tenderness of it. I want to scream. Also, we got a release date for Gotham Knights. I think it's like December eighth oh, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah something yeah. like that. Something, something, or October maybe. October eighth. No, you're right. It's like October. October. 8th. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Gotham Knights is finally yes. freaking so coming we're out. Really excited about that. <gasps> I'm so excited. Um, I can't wait. Play all my favorite bad boys. Um, okay. Also, uh, I want to talk. I want to explain this this television show I'm watching to you. <laughs> it's called Baking Impossible. It's on Netflix. They've invented a term for what the competition is called baconeering. Okay. And it's pairs of bakers and engineers having to create 
edible machines that go through various stress tests. Oh my God, that sounds amazing. It's awesome. Okay, okay. I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to start watching this. Oh my God. Everyone on this show is such a dork. Oh. I love it. Okay. I'm definitely going to watch this. Is that how many seasons is it? It's only one? one season. Okay, okay. Uh, I haven't finished the first season yet. I'm. I think I have one episode left. I'm on the final, but they had to like they had to create like a Rube Goldberg machine in one episode, and they're all edible. Like, yeah, everything has to be edible. So it's like a combination of like the judges are like one is a pastry chef, one is like a doctor of engineering, and then one is. A, I think this is actually what it's based on. He was a contestant on the Great British Bake Off. And when he was a contestant, he was he was in school for engineering, so he would use his engineering skills while he was doing his mm-hmm. uh, bakes to build whatever. Yeah, it's like baking the, is just thing. chemistry, so like yeah. science and engineering, like it does make sense. It was so I I genuinely think that's where this show started was with Andrew from the Great British Bake Off, but it's very fun and ridiculous. Really cool. And you're like, how did you think? Like the the engineers will be like, okay, we have to crash a car into a wall at 25 miles an hour and the crash test dummy can't get hurt but we can only use ba- like edible items so like they're like i invented this like gelatin epoxy and i'm putting like pasta in between it so that when it crunches the force will be and you're like i don't understand anything you're saying but i can't that's wait to see really how this turns cool. out <laughs> that's really so, cool yeah, that's what i'm doing what am I into? I am into, okay, so I just finished Star Trek No Man's Land, which is, uh, and I laughed after I finished it because I realized it's called Star Trek No Man's Land, like, because no, because it's love story between two women. Ha ha ha. Anyway, so it's the Raffian Seven. I didn't know what it was. It's the Raffian Seven, like, it's their little romance. Oh, right. It's, like, it's super short. I know it's really yeah it's it was like oh oh I get it I get it um it's super short it's like an hour and a half audio drama like really short so it's like just wait 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 wait. it's just and it's like Michelle Hurd and Jerry Ryan like reprise their roles and it's just like this little like love story novella and there's a little like there's a little there's like there's like it opens with them like asking like I mean you assume that like they're in bed and asking each other like one question like I'm going to ask you a question. Then you ask me a question. And then like, kind of like, it, it, it is really cute. And then like, there's a story where like seven gets called off on a mission and then Rafi goes with her and seven keeps running away because she's too scared to commit because mm-hmm. like, like, it's just, it's, it's really cute. And it's only like an hour and a half. It's super short. And like, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. So That's highly so recommend good. that it is highly recommend that. And then, um, I just started last night Thrawn Treason, which is the third book of the first Thrawn trilogy. There's two Thrawn trilogies, Thrawn Ascendancy, which uh, Preeti calls Hot Thrawn because it's basically about like teenage emo Thrawn. <laughs> no, I call it Hot Thrawn because of the covers. Yes, yes, that too. Uh, because like it is are... like teenage emo Thrawn on the cover. Well, like, like it's ridiculous. Those covers make me laugh so hard because whoever, I, I wish I had written down the artist, but like they are, they are like, absurd yes <laughs> um and so that's like the, supposedly like it's called Thrawn ascendancy it's like the rise of Thrawn like as a like as a like teenage like in the Chiss empire but the first Tron trilogy um is the one that's kind of relevant I more relevant I think to like what's going on in the Star Wars universe now mm-hmm. so what I didn't realize is that ascendancy which is the third book in that trilogy because I read the first two actually takes place during season four of Rebels which was super interesting and it's all about like the TIE Defender project which was Thrawn's project versus Krennic's Death Star Ooh, yeah. project and like who gets funding and 
there's a lot of stuff. I just didn't expect that. And so like, I actually wrote like a quarter of it last night because like, I was like, oh, I'm into this. So really excited about that. And then because Preeti uh, talked about her, like her new um, reality show, I also have to mention that the fourth season of F1 Drive to Survive, <laughs> my Formula One shows on Netflix. Fantastic. Great show. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. We've watched everything but the last episode because of like, the last, the last couple of episodes, there's like a whole thing going on that I don't love. But uh, besides that, I really like the show. Great show. <laughs> okay. Yes. Um, we are part of the Hard Knock Life Podcast Network. You can find all the podcasts in the Hard Knock Media family at hardknockmedia.com. That's N-O-C for Nerds of Color. I was actually on last week, I think, talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi. And my brother, Vinny Chibber, was on uh this past week also which keith i don't know if you saw this this made me laugh so hard keith chow who hosts the podcast introduced Vinny as we're so happy to finally have preeti chipper's brother oh here. my god <laughs> i can imagine look on his face which if you are want to know more about Vinny's work uh i actually just interviewed him and janina gavankar on one of our mini episodes about yep. their work on big sky on abc which you should definitely tune into because there's a lot of really great thesis talent on that show Mm-hmm. Um, and thank you to our Patreon subscribers, Meredith and Reed at the $12 level, and Amber, Jordan, Annie, Claire, Brian, Brandy, Robert, Chris, the Not Family, Priya, Kish of Ruth and Kavitha at the $5 level. Um, you can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash Daisy Geek Girls. Uh, you can find us on social on Twitter at Daisy Geek Girls. I am on everything: Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Tumblr at Run with Skizzers, S-K-I-Z-Z-E-R-S. I am at S Krishna on Twitter and Instagram and at Swapna underscore Krishna on TikTok. Uh, and until next time. Until next time. We will we'll see, see you. See you in hell. Oh.